Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader Store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time of the Benjamin Show. As I speak, it's Wednesday, June 8, 2022. Uh, headlines in the newspaper. Which headline? Uh, <laughs> how about this headline in the newspaper? Uh, in prime time, a January 6 hearing on Fox News, the usual lineup. That sounds like the headline for a conversation I would have with Monroe Anderson. Uh, Fox TV has decided they're not going to air any of the congressional hearings into the January 6th insurrection. They don't want to hear about it. So it's going to pretend like it doesn't exist. So their contingent of listeners will be ignorant and clueless, easier to control them. All right, without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. Who uh, he's multitasking? <laughs> so don't tell people because I can go to jail for what I'm doing right now. Don't oh tell my me. I can God! Go I just jail. noticed it. I'm gonna put my pants yes. back up. Just, just, just go. What, what, what do you want me to say? Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Okay. My pants are up, by the way, people. Mark Sims, M A R C S I M S, podcaster here in Chicago. Just a few questions is the show. Just a few questions. Look it up right now. Yes. Uh, Mark Sims, one of the great podcasters in the city of Chicago for many years. He had a show on public access every now and then. He'd have me on as a guest. I was, felt forever indebted to him. How many people would have some old lefty hippie on their show? Not many. Okay. And Marcus T. Sims would have me come on. We'd talk about this, that, and the other thing. You can see some of those old shows uh, from back in the day if you go uh, to YouTube. Mark and I are looking at well, me looking much younger than I am today. Mark still has. Jeez. I mean, excuse me. Uh, oh, hey, I'm sorry. We li are we live? We on, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we're Damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No cursing in the Bendrowski show, all right? Uh, all right, Mark. If it's a uh, Mark Sims making an appearance on the Bendrowski show, we're going to talk uh, Chicago politics and Chicago crime. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot running for re-election. And uh, uh, Mark Sims. I believe is ready to endorse her. Uh, I believe he is. <laughs> I just threw that out there for you, Mark. Uh, so help me out here, Mark. 
Why has Chicago been used as just like the symbol, the representative of crime? It's not even, it doesn't have the highest crime rate of any city in the country. It doesn't have the highest shooting rate, the murder rate, none of that. It's nowhere near it. And yet, Chicago, your hometown, where you were born, where you were raised, where you went to high school, is just used on a routine basis by MAGA and the right Republicans when they want to, uh, show how society is falling apart. Help me out here, Mark. Why Chicago? Barack Obama. Barack Obama. I think that started when Barack Obama was president. And uh, he's from Chicago. You know, he, well, he, he came from Hawaii, of course. He moved to Chicago and became a Chicagoan. So you, you beat up on Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, you beat up on Chicago. Although uh, Mr. Obama, President Obama has left Chicago. He's still a Chicagoan, we know that. But although he does not live here, uh, the, well, they still beat up on Chicago. Why not? It's a good whipping boy. Then Trump, then Trump continued it too. Trump, Trump kept it, kept it going, right? Your president, Trump. <laughs> uh, Mark, let me just uh, point out something that I love to point out to Chicagoans. I love pointing this out to Chicago. This, this always irritates Chicagoans. Barack Obama is not from Chicago. He came to Chicago, and as soon as he could get out, he got out. Because anyone with any sense would leave Chicago. Who would stay here? Name, name someone who stayed in Chicago other than Ben Jarofsky and Mark Sims. Nobody. Oh, Bruce Rauner didn't stay. Bruce Rauner left the building. <laughs> yes, right? he got out. No governor. Rahm Emanuel. He's in Ch- Here's how much Rahm hates Chicago. He moved as far away. He's over on the other side of the world. He's in Japan. He didn't want anything to do with Chicago. So Barack Obama wanted nothing to do with Chicago, Mark, and he got out while it was good. So you think it's just an attempt to discredit Barack Obama and it's just stick, stuck. Is yeah, that correct? it's stuck. It's just, it's, it's been branded. And it's a big city, blah, 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 blah. We know all the history. And they study Chicago mainly because of the, the hyper-segregation and the poverty, concentrated poverty. So it's just a great lab and whipping boy to talk about, you know, social issues like, you know, crime and stuff like that. Well, do you ever find yourself believing what they say about Chicago when you hear them say it? You know, it's, well, the Republicans, they take, a, you know, 10, 10% of the truth and make it, a, you know, 90% of the truth. You know what I'm saying? They take a little bit and just stretch it, stretch it. It's sort of like comedy. You know how comedy, you take a little bit of the truth in comedy and you just stretch it to it, it gets ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? You're a comedian. You know what these things. Yeah. So you don't believe, well, I like to think I don't have to stretch it beyond 10% to ni- from 10% to 90%. That's a hell of a stretch. Um, so is there a part of you that, be- like I said, the, 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 are you ever like, there's a la- there's a woman right now running for a uh, uh, senator on the Republican ticket who is, I think she's out of her mind here in Illinois. She hasn't got a lot of press. But she is just saying everything they say about crime in Chicago is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Uh, do you ever find yourself in a moment of weakness believing it? Well, like I said, maybe 10% of it is true, and the rest of it is all hype. You know, I mean, I, I'm parked in the car right now. I'm in the car. I'm in the hood. I'm not going to tell you my location. <laughs> but I'm in the hood, what people consider the hood. And although I'm on the car uh, doing a podcast, I got to watch my freaking back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes over here and over rolling my... And, and if you can look in the camera and say, okay, okay here's a guy on a bicycle. I got to keep an eye on him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You're always constantly, I mean, forever vigilant when you roll through the hood. Right? 
Uh, are you, I mean, you are you walking hood, to, you, the you go to the hood quite often, don't you? I haven't really gone anywhere lately, Mark. I think I may have told you this. Uh, I, I we were having a conversation. We were just I was walking, uh, and Mark was at 87th and State. I want to say, and uh, I knew exactly what it was. I could just picture it in my mind's eye. And I told you this. There was a time in my life which was back in the 90s. Well, the 80s and 90s and the O's. I went everywhere. I just I uh, was. It was I was always doing stories. I was going out, meeting people, going to new uh, na- neighborhoods I'd never been to, uh, restaurants I'd never do, et cetera, and so forth. But the last few years, Mark, I haven't gone anywhere. And uh, yeah, it's pandemic and getting old, but really the pandemic. And uh, you know, doing uh, a podcast, interviewing people, so I'm always set in front of my microphone. You know what I mean? So my life has changed in that regard. So. I, I, but you would go. You were, so, you were walking through your neighborhood at eight o'clock at night. I'm on the far south side. No one's walking around at eight o'clock at night, unless they want to rob somebody, right? I mean, I'm serious. You don't see people walking. You know, you're like. I mean, one of the things that I, I mean, I never think about moving out of Chicago. All jokes aside, we get into the show. All jokes aside, I never think about leaving Chicago because it's home. I love it. Uh, but what, what would make me move is that, you know, a 75-year-old Mark Sims, like, I can't take the young people into crime. I, I got to go. That would make me leave. Period. So that's why I'm up, obsessed with stopping the crime. I'm obsessed with how do you get poor people, especially my people, poor African-Americans, poor black people, to behave themselves. And most people say, you're not going to do it. <laughs> move. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I would not say that, but some people might say no, that. No, most people would because most people don't, most people don't, don't, you know, you've seen Chicago. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. You stop me, Ben. I'll go up far afield. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, go. You were no, about no, ready saying, to go on a ref, so take the, 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 it. I mean, I'm right now, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Auburn Gresham, right? And I was going to interview, I wanted to interview somebody who, uh, I'm still trying to work to get on the show. I'm going to try to get him on the show. He represents Auburn Gresham. And the question I was going to ask, why should a family, I didn't mean a family, move their children, their wife and children, their husband and children, their partners and children, whatever, and move into Auburn Gresham and raise that family? Why should somebody do that? Did you ask the, this no, gentleman? Well, they, they, so they, you, did you working, ask Father Flager this? I, but I would ask that to all the people. You know, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry going far afield for being dropped But it's like, what, it's like 8 and 9, 10, 20 African-Americans running against Lori Lightfoot right now as we speak. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but go ahead. It's yeah. like 20. It's like, it's like, it's like six dudes and, and one right now, and Sophia King is about to jump in, right? And so it's, it's like all these black people running, but none of them are saying... We're going to stop these crimes, and I'm in the sixth ward, eighth ward, or whatever. I'm going to make this neighborhood or this ward where middle class families would want to move in and send their children to the local school. That's the aspirational, at least, at least the aspirational goal. Uh, I'm. I just did a rough. Uh, I do it as straight off of memory, uh, and I believe there right now, uh, Lori Lightfoot has one, two, three. For, I must be forgetting some opponent. I must be forgetting some of Rod Sawyer's in the race. Willie Wilson's in the race. Uh, Alderman Raymond Lopez is in the race. And Paul Vallis is in the race. I must be forgetting someone. Uh, and I apologize. The COVID's kicking in. Oh, Cam uh, Buckner. So I don't know the whole field. Cam Buckner, right? What is it? Oh, Cam Buckner. Gonna, yeah, sorry, I, Cam. I, don't, I don't know them all. Uh, Cam Buckner's been a guest in the Ben Drosky show. I humbly apologize. Uh, all right. So 
I teasingly said that you would be uh, voting uh, for Lori Lightfoot. Uh, but I think more often than not, you go with the incumbent. That's been the pattern down through the years uh, when it comes to voting. So that's why my guess is uh, you will uh, vote for Lori Lightfoot. I'm voting for Lori Lightfoot that? because Ben Jarofsky introduced me to Lori Lightfoot when she was running for mayor. And I took a picture with Lori Lightfoot with the same shirt you're, you're looking at right now. The same shirt, right? And, and I took a picture. And I lost the picture. I got to go find that picture, right? And so I took a picture of Lori Lightfoot. And she was very, very nice. And, uh, I, and so she, I like her. But she only has, what, a 30% approval rating right now? She's in Jane Byrne territory. You know what I'm saying? And luckily, she doesn't have a Harold, Harold Washington running against her right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, yeah, I, I, um, I've said this all along. I, I, uh, I believe she'll win. I believe she'll be reelected. Well, we, uh, we don't, um, we don't know because we don't know who's running. Uh, Richard, well, Richard, Richard Daly's brother almost ran. He was like number three last time, right? What's his, Richard, Richard Daly's brother's name? What's his name? I can't think of his name. William Daly. William Daly. William Daly. He almost won. In the go to the runoff against Perkwin. Well, he almost made the runoff. He almost made yeah. the runoff. And so, you know, he, he, we don't know who, yeah. I mean, I mean, you still have time to throw your name in the hat. Uh, not going to happen, negatory. Why not? I, you I, up your, I you said You up your brand, you get people to watch your, listen to your podcast, your show. It's a, it's a no-brainer. Oh, God. Uh, it just would be the world's worst Yeah, but you mayor. up your brand, and, you get name. And people are like, and he's been here for 40 years, I never heard of Ben Jarofsky. I'm going to listen to his podcast, his show now, because he ran for mayor. It's, why do you think people run for office? They, a lot of them just up in their freaking brain. Yeah, no, I, 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 I became well aware of that, uh, that phenomenon in Chicago. When I first moved to Chicago in 81 and started covering politics, I would go around and um, introduce myself to all the many candidates. I realized in many cases they were like the local insurance man trying to increase their brand name. Um, Maybe they figured uh, being the alderman would help them sell more insurance, their real estate people, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a it's a form of advertising. Uh, I I I work from the assumption uh, uh, Chicago is a very conservative town. I've come to this conclusion over the years. It, it was tough for me to come to this conclusion because I want Chicago to be more uh, progressive than it really is. But it's a very conservative town. It's a very cautious town. Uh, it's a very skeptical town. Distrustful. Uh, so the people elected a Lori Lightfoot, and that's like, well, that's the mayor. That's kind of the mentality. So the, the, a public opinion poll, Mark, will say, well, we're not happy with the mayor. We're not pleased with the performance she's doing. But that that doesn't mean I might have voted against her. That's the mayor. And I just think that 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 conservative well, I impulse. She, I, think having, I think she I think she's having trouble for one. I think she's having trouble for one main reason. She's a, she's a woman. We only had one female mayor in this town. I don't know how old Chicago is. What, 160 years old or something? We only had one female mayor. And I would have voted for... I was in high school in the late 70s. So I would have voted for Jane Byrne uh, for mayor. I would have voted for her. But when, I, when then I you know, got a little older, I was able to vote. And I voted against her because I had to vote for Harold Washington. No-brainer, right? That was a no-brainer. I mean, I don't want to redo history. But... Jane Byrne would have been reelected had she not almost like gone out of her way to antagonize the black community of Chicago. And that's just the reality. I was, I had moved here. I was watching it, it happening as it was going down. And, uh, it, 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 it was like a perfect storm. 
in so many ways because you had uh, Ronald Reagan and the Ronald Reagan recession uh, really brought out a lot of voters in 1982, Mark. And then it just evolved right into Jane Byrne, like going out of her way and thinking that people like having the endorsement of an alderman like Robert Shaw would win her black folks. That's that old Chicago mentality. I think at the time, I could be wrong, it was a long time ago. I didn't write this stuff down. I think Niall Sherman was my alderman back in the day. I think Niall Sherman was still, I could be wrong, people, and correct me, correct me if, you, if you're wrong, if I'm wrong. He was, I think he uh, was uh, with Jane Byrne to the end, I think. I could be wrong. Uh, no, uh, no. He, Sherman, I remember Niall Sherman. Niall Sherman you, were, you were living in the, yeah, Niall, you were living in the 21st Ward if he was your alderman. Uh, and and Niall Sherman uh, was like many aldermen, black aldermen in the city of Chicago, quickly realized but, but he was, well, okay, that Harold Washington had... First, yeah. that's, what, yes. I mean, that's what I remember. Yeah, very that. possible. I, don't, I didn't yeah. write it down. Yeah. I was a, I was a very yeah. young man. I mean, very it's very young. possible that he was. Uh, most... Uh, he was very. He was close to Eddie Verdoliak, who was the chairman of the Democratic Party back then, and was a close ally of Jane Byrne back. Uh, we're talking eighty one, eighty two, and uh, so there were a lot of black aldermen who just said, "Well, I got my piece of the pie." Remember, Niall Sherman was the one. Oh my goodness, I remember this coming back when Eddie Verdoliak was running for chairman of the uh, Democratic Party. Sherman, Niall Sherman gave the speech about Eddie was going to lead them to the pot of gold on the other side of the rainbow. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> which is not a great analogy you, to you use in Chicago, like the pot of gold. You remember that kind of stuff? You're good, man. <laughs> Come on. Man. You live for it's this curse. Stuff. That politics. But I was talking to I was talking to an older black woman the other day doing my my pseudo social pseudo social science work. Say that three times, right? And so, and she was like, I don't think Jane, I mean, Jane Byrne, that's a Freudian slip. I don't think uh, Lori Lightfoot going to win again. And I, and what it is, it's, one, it's, it's a perception. One, she lives on the north side. She's not married to a man. She's married to a woman, and she seems Jewish. She seems European-American, a European-American woman. So she, so for a lot of black folks, she's out of touch, especially older people. Remember, a lot of older people don't like that. I, should, I, should I say gay stuff? That's not good. Gay is out. I, mean, I shouldn't say it like that, right? You know what I'm saying, right? I don't believe it. I don't believe it's I, true. I, wait, 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 okay. It's like, it's, here's, the, here's the story I may have told on your show, right? Well, my son, my son and daughter was in high school. They went to some progressive high school or something. And this is, I don't know, 10 years ago, whenever. And they had a LGBT, I can't even say it. They had a Q, whatever. They had a, a little study group, or after school LGBT group, right? And daddy, Mark Sims, said something like, uh, <laughs> and they thought I was the most awful person in the world, right? Because I was, I, I wasn't get, I wasn't against the group. I would just say, come on. I said, daddy, you're just an awful person, dad. I said, listen here. When, back in the day, when I was in high school, everybody was in the closet. Everyone, including your father. So they have to understand times have changed since we were children, <laughs> Just joking, Ben. <laughs> uh, Mark Sims wants to track. act like he's anti-Diluvian. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to act like he's anti-Diluvian, but he's not. But uh, I always have felt, I've said this to you, we've had this conversation, this, we've had this conversation on your various uh, talk shows, going back to the O's. I've always felt that the notion of um, homophobia in the black community was exaggerated. I always felt that it was, uh, there are, yes, there are bigoted uh, people. Every community's got them. 
And uh, but it's almost like you hear one bigoted a person uh, going on about uh, how he doesn't like he uh, Adam and Steve. It's as opposed to Adam and Eve. I remember there was a reverend that used to say that. And then it's like, oh, well, that representative everybody. Like, no, it's just this one guy. And I've never seen any evidence when it comes to voting that black people are motivated by anti-gay no, feelings. No, never it's, seen it's it. Just, it's just another hurdle you have to go to. And let me say something that's going to, because that's on this show, I can say weird things, right? And the, and the point is that Lori Lifer, she wants to get garner more black votes. I hate to say it. She has to, like she was on the South Side today on 75th Street. She got to come to the South Side, go to people's barbecues and parties, and, and step and show her stepping moves. I, I have two left, uh, two left feet. I got maybe too much blood from the slave master or something, right? Back in the slavery days. So I have two left feet. So I, I don't have a bone of feeties and I can't boogie. I can't dance. I can't step. And you know, stepping started in Chicago. It's a Chicago thing, the stepping thing. So if she come back to the South Side, go to the stepper set, go to the parties and show her move, she will garner the lion's share of the black vote because that's how you win. It's not about policies. It's coming and hugging the people. I respect you. I love you. I'm going to dance and sing, and, and you, I'm going to get your vote. Wait a minute. Time out. I just want to make sure I understand what you just said. Are you telling me that Lori Lightfoot was stepping no, today? No, no. Is well, that what you're she, telling well, she me? Or is that... step because it's like, I got that because I, it was, okay. it was oh, she people. wasn't. She was, okay. she was, like, she was dancing before that. I was with some folks, and she was dancing before. And, you know, people were like, man, she got some pretty good moves. And so she would garner votes just by showing how well she danced in the black community. And I and that sounds you know stereotypic, racist, bigoted, or for me self hate. But I'm but I'm I'm in, I'm not embellishing that much. I mean if you want, I mean I had a friend and I had a friend running for Mary Gary years ago, and I said he was talking about the issues. Issues, issues. You gotta go put on those wonderful clothes, look sharp and clean, wear the suit, put on that really good cologne for the ladies, hug them old ladies, go to church, have some parties, have some barbecues, have some stepper set, and look good and smell good and talk that yang. I mean, that politics, and they're like, and just love those people. And I love you. I love you. That's why, and, th and this is how you get regular folks to vote for you. It's not the issue. They want to feel loved. They want to feel respected. And you give them a little respect, you got a better shot of winning. Well, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you sound like one of one of columns. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the point I was about to make before you went on that great tangent. So I remember when Lori Lightfoot uh, made it to the runoff. It was uh, in 2019. It was Lori Lightfoot versus Tony Preckwinkle. And Willie Wilson, he, he uh, acted like he was given this great thought. He finally came to this conclusion, the decision that he was going to endorse Lori Lightfoot. And the newspapers played that as a real significant thing for Lori Lightfoot because it would get religious people uh, in the black community to vote for her. They may not vote for her because they were hung up over uh, her sexual preference. And I thought that was complete exaggeration. I think she would have gotten the same exact vote that she got. The moment was there for Lori Lightfoot. It had nothing to do with Willie Wilson's endorsement. That was like the seal of approval. And I've, I, re, I rebelled against that notion back in 2019, and I still rebel against it. I'll repeat this. Well, I mean, I just Mark, think, I just think it's, it's total it's a, exaggeration. It's a right. I mean, it's, it's just a hurdle because it's like I was telling you know, you say, I don't know about that, man, that homosexuality, gay stuff. But then when you meet people, it's like some people against years ago, they was against interracial dating, interracial marriage. And when you meet people, no matter who they are and what they do when the doors are closed, people are people. 
And once you meet other people and different type of people and go across town and you're like, wow, you, you know, you're, you're just like me. Right. I mean, we're just people, just people. And so when you meet people, you get out there, you're like, okay, I, I'm okay. I'm cool with the gay thing. I'm cool. You know, I mean, you just, you, you know, it's, it's, oh, I'm cool with the interracial thing. Remember people forgot. And, and I don't know about Illinois and Virginia in what, 1967 was it loving versus Virginia. Inter- interracial marriage was outlawed 67 in your lifetime you know what i'm saying my life so people and my, so people got and that's when i when i talk to younger people i start bad i'm so like i was on the job today and i'm the, like the old man right compared to some of the folks on it because some people on my job and i'm old enough to be their their father right so i had to talk about jane byrne and the first richard daly I don't know everything about plantation politics, but the whole thing, when people say, I don't think Lori Lightfoot's going to win or uh, whatever, right? I said, well, you got to give a historical uh, context to be, what it takes to be mayor of this town. And, and, you, and, you, and once you get that historical, it's like, look, I, I don't have the quote in front of me because I'm in the car. I left it. I ran out the house and left it. But uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot had a, a talk or whatever, an interview, whatever, talk with Dick Simpson. Dick Simpson, former alderman from way back in the day when I was a child, right? Probably before I was a child. And so Dick Simpson, uh, Chicago Public Library, look it up. And, and she talked about it. She gave us a historical context. Now, some people go to sleep when you're trying to give a political uh, dissertation. But you have to give a historical context. Context because we only had one female mayor, one term. But, you know, she unfortunately, she alienated. She would have won if she did not alienate the black community. Harold Washington would have never. Harold Washington, it's your point. You know, Harold Washington would have never. What, what, I forgot what it was. First, it was Chicago Fest. And she put some white people on the, either school board or some board. And, you know, she, she sort of disrespected the black folks. And you can't do that. I would take sort of out of that sentence. I remember she uh, I remember this stuff very clearly because I had just moved to Chicago. She moved. Remember when she moved to Cabrini Green? Cabrini Green is the greatest no stunt of all time. Hey, for those before you get going, hold that thought. If you're bored, uh, go to if you like public television here in Chicago, look it up. They have a great uh, documentary about Jane Byrne, public television. Yes, it is. It, and and the, the Cabrini Green stuff, uh, I remember and, she was criticized in some circles for going to Cabrini Green, but I always felt, to your point, that regular Chicagoans liked what she did. And I thought it uh, it helped her standing. And then right after she did that, Mark, go take a look at That's when she made those controversial school board appointments where she uh, replaced, um, what, I think she replaced Michael Scott, the legendary Michael Scott, whose son has uh, just stepped down as alderman of the 24th I mentioned Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. I'm going to tell you about Michael Scott, but keep going. Remind me about Michael Scott. Keep going. Yeah. So he replaced Michael Scott with uh, uh, some uh, a white woman from the southwest side of Chicago, Bogan High, which was very controversial. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Think, this I think, was, that, was I think the documentary this... on PBS may have some of that stuff wrong, but don't quote me on that. You watch the PBS. I think they had some of that wrong. But the point is that I was going to talk about Michael Scott Jr. But the, moment, the point is that Jane Byrne messed up. If he, she brought some resources to Cabrini Green, didn't res- didn't disrespect the black community. Harold Washington would never stepped in it and remain congressman. Well, we had. Uh, I urge everybody to check this out. Uh, uh, when Monroe Anderson and Josie Childs, who's an old friend of Harold Washington's, run the show, we were reminiscing about Harold uh, on the occasion of his, what it would have been his hundredth birthday. Good God, help us all! Uh, and Josie Childs was reflecting about how uh, reluctant 
Harold Washington was to run for mayor. He did not want to. He loved being well, he in Congress. Ran like in 77. He, what, what, he ran in like 77 and didn't get any votes? Look it up. Look it up, people. He ran and, and, and no one, because we were, we like, a black man is mayor? You're out of your freaking mind, right? But I think he ran in 77. Don't quote me on this, people. Uh, 77. No, 77. You're absolutely and, correct. And, and no one really, you know, no one really cared. You know, we, we were still on the plantation, plantation politics, right? As a group, we were still on the plantation. And uh, so he said, I think he told her, Lou Palmer and them or something like Lou Palmer and the other activists, if you registered 100,000 people, give me $100,000 or something, I would do it. And he, I don't think he think they were going to organize that well, but they did. And the rest is history. Yes. And so uh, had Jane Byrne not made those controversial appointments, I think she would have been reelected. So I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that she was a woman. I think it had to do with the fact that she uh, d completely disrespected the black. Well, that's community. true. But let me say about women. I was talking. I talk. I, I don't talk to a lot of women, <laughs> but I talk to women. I, in fact, I have a bind. I have binder a, a bunch of binders with women's names in it. Right? Who said that? Who's that guy running for president I, from Utah? What's his name? Binders of women. What's his name? Romney. He said that. Remember Romney said he had binder. He had binders of women's names, and I have a binders of women. A bunch of women's names for different jobs. Oh, look it up. Binders of women. What, it was a great line. He did ask that in one of the uh, debates or something. But the main thing, oh, oh, I lost my damn, I'm getting old, man. I lost my train of thought. The point is that by women, Hillary Clinton, I'm going far afield. Hillary Clinton should have been uh, president of the United States and you wouldn't have this Roe versus Wade. A lot of this mess you have now, you wouldn't have. But mainly white women and probably some other women couldn't say, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of Hillary Clinton. She is from Park Ridge, of course. I bet you most black folks on the South Side, anybody else on the South Side, couldn't, put, couldn't point out Park Ridge on the map, right? But the point is that she is from Park Ridge. And women should have said, okay, I don't really like Hillary Clinton, but I'm going to vote for her because she'd be the first female president of the United States. But they didn't. They vote for the misogynist, what's some other words, uh, macho man or a uh, game show talk. That's all you need to Masa say, misogynist. They, they voted for misogynists who grabbed people, women's crotches, and they, they voted for him, a man, over a super qualified woman. And I blame women more than I blame men, because I expect men to be misogynists. But women have to work together. And you see the mess we got now, right? Because they didn't work together. And that's the same with Lori. Lori's, big, Lori's, Lori's thing is, I don't know the demographics of women in this town, but the women have to, women can control men and control this country if they just, and that's a, I'm saying that's a stereotype, I'm sorry people, but they just stick together more than they do. You know what, I have to, uh, you, you were right and I'm wrong, and I have to correct myself. When you went on that riff and I started thinking about uh, Hillary Clinton and, uh, and the way she was treated in that election uh, and the double standards, I, I, I was wrong and you were right. A part of the opposition to Jane Byrne in the city of Chicago uh, came from the fact uh, that uh, she uh, was a woman. And I can remember things I heard uh, from, see, because in, in, in the 1983 uh, mayoral campaign, I covered Richard M. Daly. That's how old I am. I, <laughs> it was a three-way race, Harold Washington, Jane Byrne, Richard M. Daly, state's attorney. I covered Daly. And uh, you're absolutely correct, Mark. I, it, when you said that, it just brought back memories of the way Daily supporters talked about Jane Byrne and the anger that they had for her uh, and the um, misogynistic put downs. Uh, the B word would be flying around. Uh, I, they wouldn't even call her Jane Byrne. They would just call her the B word. And so you're absolutely correct. 
and uh, I don't know how, if it's as pronounced now in Chicago as it was there. in 83. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I forgot you were talking to somebody, one of your shows. Oh, oh, Sergio Mims. How can I forget? You know, to this very day, Sergio's the best, right? He's a, he's a man of a certain age. He, he has a historical context when he talks. You have still have to be a good Negro to make it. It's not as bad as it was 40 years ago. I get it. But you have to be a good, safe Negro. What's the guy, what's the former uh, uh, Herschel Walker's running for the Senate, right, down in Georgia, right? He will be considered, with all due respect, he, he's considered a modern-day safe Negro. And you have to be a Negro. I mean, it's like, you know, like I, you know so even like Mark Sims, I say, like, how do I fit in? I don't, I don't fit in with my own people because I don't sing, dance, or go to church. I don't do none of this. The stereotypical Negro black person, I'm not that for a lot of different reasons. And so I don't get accepted to most Negroes, right? Uh, and, of course, and another one is that if you, when you, uh, you like me, Lighter white folks, not like, not like it was back in the day. You have still have to be a good Negro. You have to tap dance, do a little soft shoe form, and they love you. They love, they still love Negroes who. It's not as bad as it used to be. But used to, people who are older than me understand how bad it was. You had yes, the boss, yes, the Mr. Jaworski. I mean, you know, I'm you, my man. I do anything you want. Hey, whatever you want, Mr. Jaworski. All right, boss, you the man, boss. I mean, it, you know, remember if anybody watches Step and Fetch it. I'll go back and watch Step and Fetch it on the internet. That I mean, because that's comedy in a way, if you will, comedy. But some people had to do that to make it to survive, and some people just actively wanted to do it. So even this modern day, if you're a good, safe Negro, you, there's a place for you. If you're a troublemaking Negro, there's there's no place for you. You got to go find a home if you can find one. And you know, uh, when you say uh, safe Negro. And 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 that's a term that uh, Sergio Mims used in uh, a conversation I had a, about a week ago. I urge everybody to check out that interview. He went on a great riff. So, in your mind, what are white people thinking about when they hear "safe Negro" or when they when they associate someone as being well, a safe? Well, for the Negro. sake of this conversation here, the, in the old days, is that okay? You're not going to look at my daughter. You're not going to look at my wife. You're not going to crazy. Where the white women at? You're not going to go crazy over white women, right? You're not going to beat me up. You're not going to harm me physically and, and take our women, right? Right? Un understandably. I get it, right? And then the other one is that, uh, are you a threat? It's like with anybody. I've said it on this show a bunch of times. When you see somebody, are they a threat? Uh, will they beat me up? Will they steal? Will they rob me? Will they take my job? Will they take my wife and girlfriend? And so you got to reassure. you got to walk softly and be... Oh, and, and be a nice Negro. I mean, I mean, and that sounds mean when I say nice Negro. And no matter who you are, you can't be non-threatening, especially if you're a darker-skinned brother. You can, like people say, Mark, you got the complexion for the connection. I, I understand that, but the point is that you have to, you have to walk softly and, and don't, and don't make, don't scare people. Don't be a scary Negro. Don't try to take people's job, beat people up. So you know, I mean, I understand. You have to be a good Negro if you want to, if you want to make it. Still do it, but a modern-day safe Negro. So when you're a politician, it's like Harold Washington. What do they say about Harold Washington? If he took over, all the jobs are going to go to the black people. The black people going to take the white people's jobs, right? You, you, know, this, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Because, you know, everybody fears what goes around comes around. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I, th those are legitimate fears for some people in this town, right? But 
it, it's a much different Chicago. I always tell anybody, you should have been here. I was, you know, what, 20 year old, whatever. You should have been here when Harold Washington became mayor. This town went crazy. And it's never been the same since. Now we have, remember, and I'm going far afield. You had the big fight. I don't know all the details uh, uh, of Sawyer and Evans, right? The big Sawyer Evans debacle, right? You should do a whole po- two, three podcast on that one, Ben. And uh, two, three shows. And I also, because now it's ironically, Sawyer's running with like 50 other black people to unseat a black woman mayor. And he's the son of a, of, of a mayor that was appointed, I think never elected. And with the split, Sawyer Evans split, black people have never recovered politically in this town. We were just talking about that with Monroe today. And that's a conversation Monroe and I have a lot because he was Eugene Sawyer, Mayor Eugene Sawyer's press secretary. Uh, and that's one of our favorite riffs. And uh, I, I'm on the outside looking in. I'm a white guy looking oh, in. Oh no, man! You know, you know black, more black people than I do, man. You, you got more soul brother than I ever wanted to have. You know what I'm saying? Keep going. I'm sorry. Dan. Well, all, all I know is I remember this back in uh, in about 1987, 88, 89. So this is the divisions of Chicago that you and I have lived through. Uh, Mark Simps putting his mask on. Yeah, I like because that. I don't want you to get COVID uh, again. And, because I don't want you to get COVID again. Yeah. I forgot you had no, it. You had COVID. You had, you COVID. had COVID. I don't want you to get COVID again. Okay, well, okay, yeah. Thanks. This really uh so so the the the, the reigning theory, I've said this many times, is you can only have one black person in the race if a white person is running, because you don't want to split the black vote and vice versa. So all the white people, as soon as Daly was the guy, well, that's our guy. No one was going to run against Daly. Okay. We're never going to make that mistake. Uh, and so they would have these plebiscites to determine who the uh, black candidate would be. Mark, I'm not making this up. And so like a bunch of black people would get together and do a vote and they would select a candidate and white people weren't allowed to go in there. And <clears throat> I was watching this from afar and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to result uh, in electing a black person mayor of city of Chicago. I'm just telling you that right now. Because already you're getting white people nervous. Do you follow what I'm saying, Mark? It's like all these black people meeting and they're not letting white people in. White people are getting nervous. That's Chicago. That's that mentality of Chicago politics. And that is why as soon as there was a division in the black community in 1987 between Sawyer and Evans, it was over. Mayor Daley was going to be mayor for as long as he wanted to be, right? Well, Mark I, I think uh, you're the historian, Mr. Drowski. Uh Mayor Daley, he didn't win the lion's share of the black vote the first time he ran. But all the other mayoral camp- campaigns, he won the, the, the majority of the black vote. I don't think he won a majority, but every time in every election, he won more. And by the end... It may have been uh, when he ran against Dorothy Brown in 2007, uh, which was his last mayoral run. Can you believe it? it's already been 15 years? Wow. Uh, he may have gotten the majority of the black vote. Well, I, 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 well, I, I won't argue then. with the historian, but uh, I'll look it up. But you, but you know, and we always had, never had a strong black candidate since um, Harold Washington. Well, I mean, I. There were some I really liked. There was Eugene Pinchon. Pinchon was nice. But I he love was, Eugene he, I mean, I, 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 drove the, I drove him and his wife when he was, a, when he was a, you know, when I was a limo driver. I mean, he's, Pinchon was fantastic, but he wasn't a politician. Uh, all right. So I'm going to close down by asking you, 
the question that everybody gets asked uh, these days in the Ben Jarofsky show because I'm utterly obsessed with him, George Carlin. Uh, we had a brief conversation about him uh, before we went on the air. I watched the HBO special, and I'm just it's bringing back a lot of uh, George Carlin memories. Were you a George Carlin fan? Are you a George Carlin fan, or is it something that you just I, never got I into? Never got, I, mean, I remember when I was a wee small child, he was doing the hippy-dippy weatherman, all that kind of stuff. But as a kid, child, I didn't understand what he was saying. I met him when he was, when I was a limo driver. I didn't drive him, but I met him at the airport when he was a limo when I was a limo driver. And he's you know, he's an icon. He's a legend. And when you see the stuff on the internet, of course it's solid. And what's the fancy word now? Prescient. Some of this stuff is very prescient. You you are educated man. You know what prescient mean, right? <laughs> Ahead of, ahead of his time, saw so, things before anybody so, but, else but, did. But when you see this stuff, it's, it's solid because he used that comedy to say things that you that really needs to be said. You know what I'm saying? You, he uses comedy because there's a lot of things he said. Well, dry, dry, dry thing. You know, we were talking. You were talking on one of your shows about he was laying out the abortion, uh, abortion, and the hypocrisy and the double standard and all this kind of stuff. And you, what, what is that? 15 years ago, some HBO special. It's, and it's solid. It's solid as a. It's solid as a rock. So my thing was George Carlin. That's why George Carlin is so brilliant. This country, like any country, most of us are dumb. And I mean by dumb, we're just busy living life. And so when you, when somebody's smart and try to make you think, it's hard. It's like Ben is trying to make me think. You want me to listen to a show, a podcast show about politics? Oh no, I can't take it, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, and this is why Roe Ro is being, uh, uh, maybe being turned over soon. But by, who knows, by the time this podcast airs, there'll, there'll be Roe v. Ray will be reversed and whatnot. And they want to do a lot of things. You could start having a, we're going, we're going two step backwards. Hopefully, we'll start going forward again. But right now, we're still in that two-step backwards thing. The stock market is in the correction. Uh, we may not have a lot of growth in, the, in this country. I mean, uh, stock market growth means some stocks won't grow as much. Uh, the, we're in declining empire. We're in a city in decline because we're in a cold, cold, um, um, a cold weather city. But my, that's why I'm obsessed with crime. The whole thing for this town is about crime. Now, if you move all the black people out of Chicago, I mean, poor black, criminal black people out of Chicago, this town thrives. It explodes, right? Poor black people are in the way. And every time I come on your show, I say it, and people don't want to do it. Take a tour of the South Side. You, if you want to go on the West Side, I was on the West Side today. Like, you know, like Madison and Plasky, the center of gravity, right? But take a, you go on the West Side, you're closer to the West Side. You look at Oak Park, you know. The black neighborhoods are the only neighborhoods that are messed up. I mean, quote unquote messed up. That's because of racism, capitalism, and what I like to talk about, our own distrust. You can say self-hate or distrust of each other. This is why you have 50 black people running against a black female mayor or another black female is going to run against her because you got all these black people with all the crime is in the neighborhoods in our the crime is in our neighborhood mostly and get, so and we're leaving Chicago left and right. There's no more people to steal. They like wow the thugs say, man y'all ain't got no money y'all going down south. We got to go to the north side and rob some white folks. Damn, you know what I'm saying? So so this is Chicago and these black folks do not. Oh Michael Scott Jr. Before you go Ben, I'm sorry Ben. I love Mike. I mean, when I say I like him, Michael Scott Jr. I saw his daddy at the airport, but I didn't go say hi to him. I was wrong. But the point is that Michael Scott Jr. was on Fran Spielman's podcast. And so and he was the education chair of the education committee in City Hall. If I remember, he didn't say one word about education. 
and he's a former alderman going to going to get a job at the movie studio, which is fine. And a lot of people still don't even know we have a movie, big old movie studio in Chicago, believe it or not, right? Right behind my, basically right beside, uh, behind uh, Mike Sinai Hospital and Lagunitas Brewery, right? So the point is that he, we, the number one thing about stopping a crime is teaching people to give them a freaking skill. They're not going to go to college. They may not ever never get a associate degree, but give them some damn skill and they won't commit crime. Give them an option to crime. The days of throwing everybody in jail. We did that in the 90s. So you got to do something else. And none of these, I haven't heard any black, these people running for mayor, Willie Wilson all down saying, this is how you stop the crime. And we don't stop the crime because to stop the crime, you will offend poor black people. Because anytime you're trying to help people, you should, anytime you make suggestions, suggestions for improvement, people think you're criticizing me. No, it's a thin line, of course. I'm making a suggestion for improvement to help you. No, you criticizing my ass. And so so you can't even criticize, oh, you putting down black people. You criminal, criminalizing the black youth. Well, some of them are criminals. And they make all the black youth look like criminals because we allow few to be criminals. And none of these black folks are saying that because you can't say it because you make poor people black mad and they be coming to get your ass because you offended me. You offended me. Woo, 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 woo. Don't you say woo-woo-woo sometime when you, on your show, woo-woo-woo? <laughs> woo That's like uh, the Three Stooges. Yeah, I go woo-woo-woo. Yeah, I do. Well, you got, you, you picked you that up for me. There's certain parts I'm, of Chicago. Woo, you woo, hang out woo, probably you go, picked that up for me. I don't know, Madison, Pulaski, or 75th and whatever. You, you be saying woo-woo-woo too. And I love when people say woo-woo. It's old though. Woo-woo-woo. 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 <laughs> they don't say talking that game. Talking but for, when you first said the woo woo, I thought, I thought you were the three stooges. Yeah, but, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's a inflate. Listen, like the bottom line is that a middle class person is not going to send their children to the neighborhood school or like Ryder Elementary School in my neighbor, my old high school. You're not going to do that. So how do you make this town better? And it's a t 5, 10, 20, 30 year process. And they understand that 50 years from now, most of the black people in this town, let's say about, I don't know, 60, 70 percent will be gone. I hope that we're still living in our hundreds 50 years from now, but we just might not make it. So we, they understand how this works, but no one wants to tell the cold, hard truth, the reality, because the truth really hurts. It really hurts. To stop crime, you're going to hurt some people's feelings. You may have to run some people out of town. You may have to throw some people in jail for a long time. And so you can't say that when you're running for mayor. Because remember, if you, like I said, let me end again. If you move a lot of the poor black people out of Chicago, the crime, remember, 80% of the crime victim, murder victims in Chicago, in Chicago and Cook County are black. Like 800 black folks got killed in Cook County last year, and we ain't saying nothing about it. Well, those are the poor black people, Mark. Those are not your people. Just stay in the house and forget those Negroes. They're going to kill themselves. Don't worry about it. Uh, wow. That was a hell of a riff. Uh, and I got to tell you, it, it, it had the Mark Sims flair. It had the Mark Sims flavor. It's the kind of thing, conversation that Mark and I have had been having for over 20 years now. But if you just substitute some of the words, it was very similar to what Peter Cunningham was saying on the show uh, just a couple days ago. Peter Cunningham, Arnie Duncan's right-hand man. And uh, I always say, you know, the brains behind Daly and Rom. Uh, and he was saying many of the same things about trying to concentrate like they, you, social scientists have figured out who is going to be shooting who in the city of chicago mark and uh you could stop it if you oh, really no, they, try no, it's only about the, really uh, the, the crime lab what was his name yens lugwith he said years ago 
It's about four or 5,000 people who are at risk of being hurt or cleaning. It's only a few thousand, uh, 2.7 million people. There's only a few thousand that start, that cause mess. And you can easily solve it, but the problem is that you're going to make people mad. You're going to upset people. Like, why are you throwing my son in jail? Why are you moving them down to Mississippi or Georgia? Because we want their asses out of Chicago. And when they leave Chicago, our crime problem goes away, and we don't have to spend so much money on police. Wow. All right. Well, I could see uh, Mark Sims is not ready to run for office anytime. Soon. Oh, hell no. Shit. Uh, uh, that's a co- <laughs> that's not going to get it. You got to kiss folks' ass and rock them to sleep and talk bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, uh, we are running out of time. The great Mark Sims. And uh, he's got his own podcast. Uh, and he's got two podcasts. He, he's, for some reason, he's not promoting the second podcast. Uh, oh, that's, four, that's 400 like, plus. It's only for the Negroes. Yeah. But anybody can listen. I'll post it. Go to Mark Sim Chicago. I'll post it. Uh, you'll see it tomorrow and tonight. Mark Sim Chicago on Twitter. Mark Sim Chicago on Twitter. And that's Mark with a C, M-A-R-C. All right, Mark, thank you very much you for like taking garden, the time. Man? How you like my plow- my flowers in my backyard? Look it's at that, beautiful. That, that, that. All right. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hood, know you had man. a green why don't you come over here? Why don't you come live in the hood with us, Ben? Yeah, houses, I, well, by houses, the way, is that, houses, some, is, that, is that a marijuana plant? Oh, shh, don't say that, man. Come on, man. Damn. <laughs> I said a nice plant. You come over and smoke when it when it finishes growing. You come over here and smoke something with me. I, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. We just joking. It was a big plant. Just joking. Uh, don't please. It was Thanks, just a joke, Chicago. Don't don't arrest Mark Sims. All right, Mark Sims. Thank you very much uh, for always being uh, so willing to come on my show. I appreciate it. The great Mark Sims, a legend in the city of Chicago. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.